0: Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us at Life Family Church Podcast. We exist to reach, disciple, and empower people to live in the fullness of God. If you're new to our church or want to learn more about us and what we believe, you can check us out online by simply going to lifefamilychurch.net. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Matthew 633. Uh, and says, Seek first, you know this well. Let's put your eyes on it though. So turn there. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And so I often hear that verse quoted, but I, I very rarely hear the and. Yeah. So I'm seeking first the kingdom of God. But it says and that means there's two things you're gonna seek. First, the kingdom, and second, his righteousness. And all these things. So again, there's the condition uh, and the promise. Every time you see a promise, look for the instruction in front of it. Every time you see a prophecy, look for the instruction <clears throat> in front of it, or hear prophecy. Because your part is always first, because God's already finished His. So uh, seeking first the kingdom. What's the kingdom of God? What is about the kingdom of God? Is righteousness class. <laughs> Peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So the kingdom of God consists of those three components. So, uh, and he says, and his righteousness. So if the kingdom of God already consists uh, of righteousness, peace and joy, why would God go and righteousness? But it doesn't say and righteousness. It says and his righteousness, which means his way of doing and being right which lets me know that that might not be my way of doing and being right. Yeah, because he's got a way. It's not always my way. And he says, then and all these things shall be added. to." So righteousness means right standing. The word right means to properly strain or stretch. In geometry, a right line is the shortest line that can be drawn or imagined between two points. Standing, being on your feet, being erect and moving in a certain direction to or from an object. So people always think, well, if I'm in right standing, I'm just standing. Again, you're interpreting the Bible with American English vernacular and and that will not serve you well. So when the Bible talks about standing, it's actually talking about movement, which is kind of an oxymoron. Well, if I'm standing, how can I be moving? It's a spiritual stand (laughs) and a spiritual stand has constant forward momentum. Is God standing still? No, he's not saying he's always working, he's always moving, and the main way he does that is words of his mouth. So even if I'm standing on what I say the word is, in the spirit realm, would that be a continuous activity? Because if I'm standing, I'm standing on scriptures, and I might be standing here with my feet, but my mouth is flapping, real hard, flapping, and it's causing momentum in the spirit. So to stand in the spirit does not mean to stand still physically or naturally, so he's telling us, when if he gives us an instruction, seek first the kingdom, notice that the answer on how to do that instruction is right there. Grasshopper, the answer always lies within the question. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't know what that is, just have to look up the old Kung Fu guy thing. Okay, so he would say grasshopper, the answer lies within the question. Okay, so God is not unjust. He's not going to tell you to do something and go, oh, by the way, I put the, re- the answer in Revelation. You got to get through Revelation. We may never get through Revelation because that's like, woo, yeah out there, but it's always right there. So, uh, and I call this spiritual arithmetic. So notice he said, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. What would be the things? A car, a a thing, a house, a thing, a husband, a thing. Promotion, a thing. Uh, Spiritual growth, a thing. Everything that you can access tangibly with your eyes, with your five physical senses, and even spiritually would be the things. So he gave you two instructions. You were to look for two things. And there's 2,000 things that you need and want. But how many Christians are seeking the 2,000 things? How's that a good plan? Yeah. But we're like, oh, I'm seeking first the kingdom of God. You tithe, you go to church, you give offerings. You're struggling with minus 101 Christianity. Are we seeking first the kingdom of God? Absolutely not. You're seeking your own kingdom. But you know what? You can. Jesus is letting you. He's not mad at you. He loves you anyway. It's not a love issue on his part, just a love and wisdom issue on our part, right? We're not doing that. So you can seek your own promotion by your own might and power. You can seek your own You can do everything you want and seek it. That's the hard way, though. We always told our boys we can do two things, things two ways. Dad, the hard way and the easy way. Yes, and let me recommend the easy way. Just like Deuteronomy, God's like, here's the hard way, here's the easy way. And just in case you weren't sure, had a hormonal moment, let me just tell you, choose the easy way. Just in case there was any confusion about which one you should choose. Amen? Spiritual arithmetic, right? So you're going to seek two things, and God's going to add the 2,000. Is that pretty good math? We had math. This Aren't you glad you came to math? <laughs> Remedial math, 101 at church, yeah. How does God divide, subtract, add, and multiply? Hmm, very different than us. Okay, so 2 Peter 1.3, turn over there. This is some more spiritual arithmetic. 2 Peter 1.3. says this, according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Does food pertain to life? Yes. Hamburgers. Yes. Donuts. Water. Yeah, these pertain to some people's life. <laughs> some people's killing them, some people it's making them happy. Yeah, they don't call it a happy meal for nothing. Um, and so, uh, does spiritual growth pertain to life? Yes. And and godliness. So he said, all things that pertain to life. Clothes pertain to life. Your shower, your shampoo. Yeah. He said, all things he's given you by whose power? So if he's already given it to you by his power, why are you working by yours to get it? It's already there anyway. His divine power has given us to all things that pertain to life and godliness. So all the natural things you need and like to have and all the spiritual things have been provided or will continue to be provided by the hand of his might and power, which the Bible says is not short or slack. So bump down to verse five. And besides this, I'm sorry, I skipped something. Uh, Divine power has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, what? Through the knowledge of him. How do you obtain those things? That's the doorway through the knowledge. Where's the knowledge? In the word. So you obtain those things by continually walking down. We could say the door and then the hallway of his word. So if you're in the hallway of his word, are you going to be distracted going to the right or the left and all these other classrooms? No, you are going to have to stay in what the Bible calls a straight and narrow if you're going to be walking through the knowledge. It's it's a narrow pathway. Did Jesus say the way is narrow? Yeah. So, and it's made narrow by pressure. So if you're feeling pressure, good. You're doing it right. Yeah. So if it's the walls are closing in, like on uh, Star Wars, and the floor is coming up and the ceiling's coming in, stop, drop, and roll, baby. Yeah. Uh, Get on your face and start crawling, which is the proper position to approach the throne anyway, right? So yeah, there's going to be a press. Press you in or press you out. But uh, people are running. How many of you know people running around trying to escape pressure? Anybody observe that the method is no longer working? Is there an escape? Because God said, I'm going to force a press and you will choose. So there won't be no middle or fence riders. We will all know who serves me, says of my favorite verses. You will be able to tell who serves me and who doesn't. No more players, no more fronters, no more fakers. So don't worry about the fakers in church sitting next to you right now. Just kidding. None here, right? That's there. That's them. That's the them. We still don't know who them are. Verse five. Besides this, giving all diligence. There's that D word. Uh, I think it was a Dr. Moore who preached on diligence this last weekend. That's one of the ten pillars of character. So you'll enjoy that portion this weekend. Giving all diligence. The word diligence, though, this is fun. It means speed. It means speed. speed. Yeah. So pokey S personality. Stop. Pro- stop your processing. I'm just processing it. Yeah, well, we know what it means when the computer's processing. We're all like, yeah. So that's how everybody feels about you when you're processing. God God included and all the angels of heaven, including Jacob on his ladder, longing to descend and whack you upside your head. (laughs) Uh, It means give speed. Uh, So we're scriptural in the year of acceleration. God's accelerating things. He said that he would accelerate. And it says add, which means furnish. To your faith virtue. That means to add to your faith power. Strength from straining. Strength from stretching. So when you're feeling pressed and you're stretching and you're straining, just if you were in the gym, you are actually gaining strength. And we've treated that spiritually as if it's a negative thing. But you are not going to be healthy and you are not going to grow if you're not stretching and straining physically. I don't know about you, but it's a stretch and a strain for me not to eat that (laughs) Pop-Tart. It's a stretch and a strain when you're like, I need to run down the block and I haven't run in six months. And you're like, okay, that's going to be a stretch and a strain. Or if we go to the gym and we, we used to be able to lift 20 and now we can lift five. Well, we got to stretch and strain to get anywhere we want to go. If you want a better uh, job or promotion, or are you going to go to school? Are you going to stretch and strain your brain? You are going to stretch and strain for everything you're trying to obtain by your own might and power that God's going to give you, but he's asking you to do your stretching and straining spiritually. So we need to quit trying to get out of the stretching and straining. Like, oh, this is, I must be doing it wrong. No, you're actually finally doing something right. Okay. Extending, listen to this definition, extending bravery and moral excellence added to virtue and knowledge. So God is expecting early on here some moral excellence from us. So these things in our society or in our lives, um, let me just say it this way, it takes faith to live moral. So we we're like, well, it's a it's a uh, it's a sin issue. No, it's a faith issue in all of our lives because it takes faith to live moral moral excellence requires faith. That's why God has it in this order, and to knowledge, temperance. And notice how God, uh, when He adds something, so people will say things strange things like, oh, God's not doing that anymore. In the Bible, every time God does anything, He adds and multiplies. That's like saying. Well, I had to go to geometry, so I completely gave up my knowledge of algebra. What what, what would I do that for? Well, now I went on to my master's degree, so I'm going to forget everything I learned in my bachelor's degree. The world will look at you like you need a straitjacket, and you do when you think that way. So when God adds something to you, he expands your capacity to hold that. He doesn't replace it. Oh, I'm done with that, and now I'm, well, God's doing a new thing. Yeah, but he he didn't say he wasn't doing an old thing. (laughs) he just said "Uh, look I'm doing this too keep up yeah Yeah. put your running shoes on I said it was going faster we're going to go from one thing to the next thing to the next thing add to knowledge temperance then when you get temperance you were to add patience to that this is spiritual arithmetic to patience godliness and to godliness kindness and to kindness charity for if these things be in you who put them in you God. And so, what you were supposed to do is stretch them and strain them and work them like a muscle so they would grow. But you didn't have to do the obtaining because it came as a full package deal. It was buy one, get it all for free. Yeah. You got salvation and you got the whole package. But what you do with that package, we talked about this one. you're an heir of the promise, but that doesn't mean you've possessed the tangibility of the goods. Yeah. That you were going to have to stretch and strain so that you could hold all of the tangibility of all the goods, both spirit, soul, and body, all three. For if these things be within you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But, I like it when God says but, he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off. That means he cannot see beyond the nose at the end of his face. He can't see into tomorrow. He's not eternity minded. He hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Verse 10, wherefore the rather brethren... He's like, I'd rather you do this. Give diligence to make your calling or your invitation and election stable. For if you do these things, what things? The above things you just listed in the above five verses. If you do these things, you shall never fall. How do you prevent backsliding? Right here. If you're busy doing the do's, you won't have time to do the don'ts. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm still working on this list. So why do I have time to do the don'ts? Because I don't even have time to do all the do's. So spiritual arithmetic, you press, God will take care of the rest. All right, let's receive the offering. Hallelujah. If a farmer just goes out in the field and they plant strawberries, are they done? Good to go. Planted my seed, no problemo. When it comes up and I see strawberries out there, I'll go pick them and eat them. Is that what farmers do? No. What do they do after they plant a seed? They t- oh, they tend to it. You mean after they plant a seed, there's something to be done before they reap the harvest? Yes, amen. Yeah, I think the Bible references that. It says time, but we thought that time was us to sit down and watch the football game. <laughs> I'm just waiting for my ship to come in. Well, it's at my dock. Because I went out with a tugboat and got it and pulled it in. <laughs> It's already been unloaded and it's on its way back to where it came from for more stuff. And so um, when we put seed in the ground, we're putting our tithe and and our offerings in, we have to do something with that seed. Farmers usually, if they're really good farmers, they will check that every day. They'll go up and down those rows. They'll make sure there's not mold, there's not bugs, and all the other things that want to destroy their harvest. And their diligent oversight. They check that. They baby it. They watch the temperature because they know that planting a seed is not sufficient. It's what they do between the planting of the seed and the harvest. And they also know when the harvest comes in, they have to know how to properly reap. So it's not just the planting of seed in our lives. Amen? Amen. It was just an extra free nugget. Okay, so do we have that graphic for tonight? Pardon? Yeah, there you go. Anybody ever asked that question? Anybody ever ever hate that they asked it of somebody else? Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the sermon title. How are you? Okay. Um, and you know, how many of you have been asked it and you just didn't know how to answer? Well, do I tell them the truth or do I make a faith confession? Which is the weirdest sentence? Because your fact is not even truth, but you view it as truth, right there? Because that thought proves that your thinking is not lined up with or is. Would I tell the truth or make a faith confession as if that's the lie? <laughs> yeah. So right there, we know. Whoops, stinking thinking. We don't need the Satan to tell us when our thoughts are not transformed. A renewed mind doesn't struggle. So, uh, how many of you believe Mark eleven twenty three? Should we just review that again? Because even if we have it memorized, if it's not working to its fullness in our life, every moment of every day, we might want to just refresh ourselves on occasion, right? Put our eyeballs on it. And no, Brother Hagin didn't write that verse. (laughs) And uh, he kept saying it because we didn't get it. We're like, why are you going to say that again? Well, quit saying it when you get it. For verily I say unto you, That whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith, the things that he saith, the things that he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Now here's the law. The Bible says you have what you say. Let's say I go, hmm, I believe I'm prosperous. Yep, I believe what I say. But then tomorrow I say I don't feel good. Just because you said that and go, well, you know, I still believe in healing. What are you going to get? What you believe or what you say? say. Yeah, because this doesn't say you get what you believe. It says you get what you say. So we're constantly digging up our our seed with our mouth. Amen? And so we have to watch that. That's what James calls being double-minded. You'll have what you say. Sometimes or 100% of the time. So so whatever you say, you're having. So if you don't like what you're having, we need to address different things. There's some things I don't like what I'm having. I don't like what's on my plate. But you know what? I cooked the meal. I made the plate. I cannot be upset with God or anybody else. The best day of your life when you realize that absolutely 100% of everything is your fault. Best day of your life. Because you finally grew up. You're not blaming society. You're not blaming the president. You're not blaming the government. You're not blaming your boss. You're not blaming your ex. You're not blaming that you don't have a husband or whatever it is. You're not blaming anybody because God said you got the keys. You're in control. Stop singing God's in control. He's absolutely not in control. One of the biggest lies in Christianity. If you got the record, break it and throw it in the trash. You are in full control of everything that happens in your life every second of every day. are, Are you in charge of Satan? Bible says he's under your feet. So if he gets out from under your feet, are you in charge of putting him back? Yeah. And so can anybody control you according to the word of God? Even if they do something horrible to you, they're not in charge of the outcome of your life. They're not in charge of your response to that deed. So nobody, even Satan or God has the authority in your life. You are the final authority, the one and only final authority. So now you understand the best day of your life is when you no longer blame anybody. You don't blame the Twinkies for making you fat. (laughs) Yeah, well, they shouldn't put so much. Let's criticize McDonald's and tell them to change their whole menu. Now now half the food tastes terrible because it's not fried and fattening. And Maryland's makes the fried pies. Now, they should have never given up those fried pies. I bet that cost them a million dollars to give up fried pies because somebody wanted baked pie. Anybody had a cardboard-flavored baked apple pie at McDonald's besides me? McDonald's expertise is junk. (laughs) fry the junk and they do it better than anybody. It's not about nutrition. We don't go to McDonald's because we care about nutrition. We go to McDonald's because we care about taste. Yeah. So we are in full control of everything in our life. Nobody's making us eat something. Nobody's tricking us into drinking something. Well, I didn't know that was in there. You could read the ingredients. Well, I don't know what glutakotamethiamin is. Well, we have Google. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I didn't know that was bad because you didn't want to know that that something was bad for you. Well, I didn't see the stop sign. Anybody ever ran a stop sign and tried to tell the officer that you didn't see it? And and, and he was like, okay, I get it. That happens to me all the time. I know. I feel it. Yeah, yeah. Go on. I get it. Yeah. No. (laughs) Yeah. Best day of your life is when you realize that you are completely in control and that anything not going right in your life is 100% your fault. Because in that moment only, you will take authority and you will alter your life. And you will alter the circumstances of your life. Amen. And until you come to that moment of yourself, you will look for other people to blame or to fix. So the worst thing for a human when they realize that is the very thing that all of society doesn't want. Rebels, even Christians, I don't want anybody to control me you are 100% controlled as as long as you have an ounce of blame in you for anything. I don't care what your parents did or did not do, or anybody has done to you or not done for you. It's not their fault. Whatever our life is, whatever you have in your life is all based on what you did with it. That is the best news because that means I don't have to wait for God to change. Somebody else didn't want to change to make my life better. I can make my life better today. Me and God, were the majority. So when I agree with his word, that is the prayer of agreement. That's everything. So I have the power to change what I think, what I feel, everything and everyone in my life to line it up with his plan if I want to do the work. And nobody can get in my way except me. The man in the mirror is going to be your only problem. Bust his chops or her chops. Yeah, get, get, get harsh with yourself. The word R means this. It's a verb that means action, movement, and motion. Notice how almost every word in scripture that I talk to you about is a verb. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Um, Jesus, a little less conversation, a little more action. Yeah. Because he did a whole lot more than he said. And we all want to talk, but we don't want to do. Okay? So most, most of the uh, instruction in the Bible, they're all actions. They all require movement. But we all go, oh, that feels so warm and fuzzy. We'll just sit right here and we'll just wait. Yeah. It, it means action. It means movement and motion. The origin of it is the word be, which means to occupy a place or position to continue or remain as before. So, when someone says, how are you the word are because they use that word automatically provides you what is called a keros moment in time? And you thought you had to wait for the Holy Ghost for that. Now, the Holy Ghost provides keros moments in time of His choosing, that means a moment in time that nobody or Satan can tell you, Well, that'll come again. No, it won't. Keros moments in time, you must seize the moment, then it does not come again. Time moves in one direction forward. There's no such thing as second chances, but there are fresh starts. You'll have to wait for the next keros moment to come to get through your window. So don't miss those. Learn to recognize those by being watchful. But when somebody says, how are you? Or you want to ask yourself, do you want to create your own keros moment in time? The Bible says that provides that one chance for you to decide to create movement and motion. State the fact pause. Hmm. Should I say the fact or the truth of God's word? I don't feel good. Should I say I don't feel good or should I make a faith confession? See right here, they've provided you an opportunity for a curious moment in time to create movement. Chrissy said something the other night in Connect Group that I love, love, love. I'm going to steal it and use it all the time. She said, uh, circumstance. And I don't know if that was the definition or just the one that you made up. You can tell me was it you made it up. Christie's Dictionary. Yeah, I got one of those too. And uh, she said, a circumstance means the circle around your stance. It means the things that are circling where I'm standing in life that you just want to (laughs) kick, you know, get out of the way. Circumstances. So when someone says, how are you? You have a circle around your stance at that keros moment in time. That's fact, not truth. Okay, you don't feel good. You walk the door, you don't feel good. So I can pause and go, I can either say, Oh, I've had a really rough, rough, rough week and I don't feel good. What the Bible says when you say that is you just created forward momentum in that very direction that you wish to remain in. Or we can pause. Cause for pause, say la. And I can go, you know what? I may have come here not feeling good, but I'm leaving here feeling great. I'll just move in the direction of truth instead of fact. Did I just change the circle around my stance? that simple. So when someone asks, how are you, take the kiros moment in time to move out of fact and momentum into your future. Because if you don't choose that and you go, I'm not feeling so good, you just created momentum into your future, but it wasn't what you wanted. Stating the, uh, stating the fact or the obvious, has anybody figured out how not helpful that is? Well, geez, it's hot outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sherlock, that's real... <laughs> that's real brilliant yeah and so now we, because you brought it up we all feel even hotter it was 105 but now yes because you brought it to my attention it feels like 110 thank you einstein yeah stating the obvious requires no iq just two eyeballs and we all got them powers of observation yeah so it's an indeterminate time in which everything happens. To declare what is, thereby stating what you wish to remain, or declare that you are going to continue a movement or motion forward in your chosen direction, good or bad. So it's not a negative question. I've, I've come to loathe it because I, 99.9% of the time, I get trash dumped on me. It's very negative. So let me help you with that. You're like, well, don't I need to sometimes state that to certain people? I'm glad you asked. Because that's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> so here's an example. How are you? Well, I feel like I'm catching a cold. Say to the obvious. Told me how you how you felt. Did are you now blessed? Am I? Definitely not. Because <laughs> um, I'm like, oh, yeah. Got any hands in? No, I don't. I don't have germ phobia because I use the restroom at Walmart and don't wash my hands. I'm just kidding. <laughs> missionary, prep. No, I have a missionary constitution. Um, so. Or what if I stopped and I said, I have a Kuros moment in time. I said, you know what? I'm catching healing. How about when somebody, here's a blessing when somebody says, how are you, you look exhausted? <laughs> Bless your darling heart and mouth that needs duct tape. Um, yeah. And so I'm like, do you often open mouth to change feet? Hey, I'm preaching to myself. So I'm, I'm, people are like, you're so bold or whatever. That's because I'm talking to me. Okay. So you, this probably doesn't apply to you at all. Thanks for joining my party tonight. <laughs> it's about me. What if I said, uh, so was, how are you? Uh, you look exhausted. I'm going to sleep good tonight. Yeah. Can we just cause a, mo- a momentum? But see, that only comes if you actually believe that you get what you say. So you want to just stop. And sometimes we, um, you know, speak before we think. We're all guilty of that, right? But we've talked about that before. We can slow that process down. The word are gives you a chance to maintain or change direction. How many of you would like to take the chance to change direction? So if no one's asking you how you are, look in the mirror and go, how are (laughs) you? Let me just tell you how I am fabulous. I used to irritate the fire out of people um, because they'd come in, and I, I didn't know they were irritated, but I eventually found out. And Christians, they were all Christians. They were so helpful in informing me. And uh, I, they, they were come in and go, how are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. I didn't matter. My back was on fire. You know, I've been standing here. I've already taken care of 10 women's hair. You're the last person. I I'd rather cut the hair of a woolly mammoth with a dull clipper right now before I got to hear another, you know what, a therapy session with your $27 haircut, you know, (laughs) really how that, how that would have been a blessing to not only them and me and and then my business. Um, And so my faith statement was I'm great because that's what I want. I wasn't being facetious. I don't have a casual bone in my body. I don't have flippancy. Now, some people do. They're frivolous and flippant and insincere. I'm not talking about us being flippant and insincere and just mouthing off words that don't mean anything. And we want a Christian language. And and we're insincere because your faith isn't hooked up with it. So it's not going to make a hill of beans in their life or yours. And really it matters what difference it makes in your life, right? And so I'm not talking about being flippant. Will I state what I believe are the facts or will I state the truth of God's word that I believe, therefore creating a new direction for the facts to now line up with the truth? That's the choice you get to make. And sometimes, I know we're all tired. We slip. We sometimes go, oh, yeah, as so he says, you look tired. Oh, I know. And I'm like, oh, super. Now I get to get that. Now I get to do what Peter said. Peter, do you love me? Three times, because you denied God three times. So... You know, and you're like, let me just dig up that seed. Yeah, and now I'm more tired because I got my shovel out. And I'm just, see, if I'd have just given cause for pause, and calmly thought of that before I just answered. Uh, if you're going to answer flippantly and casually, you don't, we'll definitely don't want it to be in the negative direction, right? The only person, okay, who are we going to answer facts to, okay? Because there are some cases where we want to answer facts. Our, first of all, are facts truth, Feelings are neither fact or truth. Are we all on the same page on that? Okay, your feelings feel real to you alone. (laughs) But they are not necessarily fact or truth, and they do change within seconds. Yeah. Yeah. So, also, natural facts aren't necessarily fact. They're not necessarily truth either, just because you perceive them to be So uh, here's one person that I would answer facts to. One of the only. There's three cases. Authority that's authorized to change the circumstance. So if a pastor asks me something, I'm like, well, I don't want to tell you about that because I don't want to make a bad confession. He's like, oh, tell me. (laughs) And he's right. He's authorized. So I'm not complaining or being negative. All right, I'm going to tell you the facts. So... uh, your boss, authority that's authorized to change them is one of the person that you're going to fax to. For instance, the police pulls me over. Uh, Did you know your headlight was out? Oh, the Lord will supply all my need. (laughs) (laughs) We'll make sure you talk to him about paying this ticket too then. Yeah, because you're going to get a ticket just because you're sassy. Or or, or partly crazy. And then he might go, hmm, should I call the paddy wagon just because I'm not sure they're a danger to themselves or society. So when when the officer pulls you over and tells you your headlight is out, do you need to answer with a faith confession? Yes, sir. I knew knew that. I was getting to it this week. No, sir. I did not know that answer him. He's not asking for a faith statement from you. He's asking for the facts. So you go into the doctor's office. Uh, Well, what's wrong with you? I believe I'm healed, doc. What are you doing here? Yeah, I could have eaten a second piece of pizza, but I ran in here and hurried my lunch up with an appointment with you. And so are we, the doctor has not asked you for your faith confession. They are not authorized for the prayer of agreement, unless your physician is saved, but that doesn't mean they're they're willing to do that with you. Uh, you're, you need to state the facts and you don't have to be spiritual and go, well, doc, I just want you to know that here's the facts, but the truth of God's word, stop being weird because you are repelling people. They're like, who did you say is your God? Because I want to make sure that I'll sign up for that. None of that. They got enough problems in their life with ooky, spooky, weird, without you being that. Jesus said, don't throw pearls before swine. He wasn't calling people pigs. He was basically saying don't, that, that spiritual truths were not understood by a natural mind. So when we throw those things casually because it's our life before people, they're heathen, it actually causes a hindrance against, a shame against the name of the Lord. Because that's not how Jesus went around acting and talking. Aren't you glad you came tonight? You're like, we came out for this <laughs> in the rain. Um, so, the other, so that would be uh, authority, so spiritual authority or uh, municipal authority. How about your boss? Hey, what do you need to complete this project? Oh, my God will supply all my needs. Well, awesome then. <laughs> Yes, you don't need anything from me. Yeah, and so when when your boss is asking you to assess the situation, what do you think about that? Well, I'm just believing Jesus, so that'll be all taken care of. Yeah, even if I'm a pastor, and if you said that to me in one of our staff meetings, I'd be like, okay, counseling 101. (laughs) Lord Jesus, ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah, what are the facts? Just the facts, ma'am, sir. Um, So when praying the prayer of agreement is the only other time that I'm going to state the facts. But let me explain as quickly as I can, (laughs) and not a 12-hour prayer class, the prayer of agreement. The prayer of agreement, if you are going to engage in it with an individual, it is one person. Choose wisely, because you don't go, would you pray the prayer of agreement with me? I'm believing God for a house. Yes, thank you. Okay, next week. Uh, Miss Teresa, I need you to pray the prayer of agreement for me. Oh, Rich, hey, I need you to pray pray the prayer of agreement. That's what people do. Call up somebody tomorrow. If I ask five people to pray the prayer of agreement with me, I'm not in agreement with the first four. Please take me off your agreement list. Yeah. And so there are are rules for praying the prayer of agreement. The prayer of agreement is a legal borrowing system of faith in the Bible like money is with the bank and the natural. But if I need to borrow faith, number one is I need to make sure they have some and they have some extra to lend to me. Do I go to the bank and and think, okay, they've got money in here to lend? Well, they may not want to lend it to me. So I need to know that this person, I, I, I could go to Melanie and say, hey, facts are I need a car. And if I thought Melanie had the faith and she was mature enough, I also would need to understand that she's mature enough to tell me if she doesn't have any extra right now because she knows how to measure faith. You don't flippantly ask for the prayer of agreement and you don't flippantly agree to be in agreement with somebody. It is a covenant, a serious contract that you are tied to for the duration until that prayer is answered. And you need to make sure you have the faith dollars in your billfold to lend. Because if you don't, then you are counterfeiting and they are thinking you have faith that you do not or you forgot all about it. Okay, so that's on the front end of it. So Melanie says... Yes, I will pray with you. I have car faith and I have some faith left over in my billfold to lend because I didn't use it on my rent and all my stuff. Because when Jesus said that we were to lend to nations, he meant faith. That you were to finally get to a faith level that you weren't believing for your needs, that your needs were met. Now you learn to believe for other people's needs. And you constantly grow because you don't have trillions to lend to nations, but you do have faith to lend to nations. And so the next thing she needs to know is, does she have the amount I need Yes, I got some car faith because I have, weirdly, I have far more house faith than car faith. I'm growing my car faith, but I could believe for a $250,000 house for you and not have car faith. I didn't develop car faith till recently. Now I'm working on it. I mean, uh, some people have had no car and they've had to grow car faith. So necessity is the mother of invention and also the creation of more faith in your life in a big hurry. And so uh, I I had to learn to put my faith on a house. So I just grew house faith. So I'm like, somebody needs a house, get me in it with my foot on it. If you got faith and I got faith, there is no doubt about that you will have, how many of you would agree with me that you got a house through prayer of agreement? Okay, easy peasy, quarter of a million, $50,000 car, hard for me. (laughs) <laughs> People are like, how can that be? We have Some of us have a lot of faith for healing because we've had to use our faith that, so we've developed it. Others might have more faith for finances. But my, my faith even for finances, I got crusade faith, but sometimes not faith for those are enormous amounts. But like, how can you believe for a $60,000 crusade, not a car? Well, I practiced on the crusade. I'm just now realizing I need to practice on these other things. So she would need to tell me, I would, she would say, how much do you need? Well, I need a car that's about $30,000 and um, I've, I really feel like my faith level is about a $15,000 car and I just really am not feeling led to do that right now because those $15,000 cars have needed nothing but a cash flow of constant repairs. You know, something like that. I'm just throwing out numbers. So she, she needs to tell me, I got $15,000 car faith. We need to know if I can borrow the $15,000 I don't have. Well, first of all, I needed to know how much I had. But we're flippantly going around asking people to agree with us. We don't even know how much we need. What do you got? Five bucks? Ten bucks? Fifteen bucks? Do you got 20,000 of the 50 you need? Where are you at? Don't ask somebody to pray, they pray in agreement with you unless you're not clear on what you're believing God for. You've done your research, you know what it is, and you've measured your own faith. The Holy Ghost teaches you to measure. When Paul said, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought, he meant, don't mismeasure. Ask, I mean, you don't know, ask the Holy Ghost. He'll tell you, that's not your measure right now, but get in the word, faith comes by hearing. Can we increase our measure? Yeah, but what if we need something right now and we don't have that? That's what the prayer of agreement is for. So she, if she doesn't have uh, 15 and she says, you know what? Wow, I can believe with you a little bit that you get that, but I don't quite really have $15,000 faith. Then I can go get, an, get another person privately. Rev, hey, this is my deal. So I'm talking about facts to somebody I'm entering into a covenant, but here's what we also do at the prayer of agreement. Somebody comes and asks me to pray the prayer of agreement the next week. I'm like, hey, I wonder if that happened. Six weeks later, I don't hear from them. Hey, what about that? Oh, you know, I don't know. the spirit of slap comes on me and I have to rebuke it. Because that's a covenant that I was standing in and using faith dollars that I could have used for something else. So you were flushing faith dollars of somebody down the toilet while you were frivolous and casual. Uh, And so it's a covenant until it's done. So the person that borrowed, like the bank, they report to the bank. So if I borrow faith, I tell her every week, this is my progress. I've prayed for it. I've got my picture out. I went and did the test drive. I'm reporting in to honor that money, that faith dollar that I borrowed. That's her life source faith. I just borrowed from her the most valuable commodity she has, and I'm not going to honor that and treat it like it's frivolous. So how many of you understand the pray, how to pray the prayer of agreement? So I don't, nobody else knows. That's good. So just so it was, so we're talking about who do we tell facts to? Authority, spiritual authority, municipal authority, your boss authority, explain the fact. You don't have to harp on them all the time, but, or if somebody, if you're entering a prayer of agreement, they know the facts of the situation, but it's not a negativity, So we're going to enter this covenant, and then we're going to get her done. Then we're going to have our faith multiplied back to us and and for the next person. Does that make sense? Easy, right? Okay. So if somebody asks for the facts that is in a position of authority or prayer of the agreement, give them a fax and talk to God about your faith. Okay. So your pastor, when he asks you, how are you? Now, two situations arise when pastor asks He might be cruising down the hallway, and it's in passing. Can we say it like that? You can make a faith declaration, like he says. (laughs) This is Vulcan, apparently, for victory, and our fingers don't always work that way. (laughs) Yeah, and so he would be like, yeah. Uh, What that tells him is, hey, we don't have time to talk about it right now, but we're faith in it. But if he's sitting down across the table at you and he says, I want to know how you are, how's your finances, how's your da-da-da-da-da, it's because whatever the spirit of God has told him or whatever he already knows that he's been in agreement and praying over your life are, you don't sit there and tell a minister, oh, you know, by by his stripes I'm healed and da-da-da-da-da, that's the time where you need to go, okay, this is where I'm at. So that they're, because they're asking you for the accurate assessment. They know you're in faith. They're standing with you, or they're going to help you locate where you're not in faith and they're going to help you further that. But you, oh, I'm fine. I'm healed. That's not what he asked you. That's disrespectful. That's dishonorable. And he'd be like, okay, great. All is well. Good. One less thing on his prayer list, right? Yeah. And so there's, there's an answer in passing, but there's an, uh, the, the proper answer when, when he's not in passing. Does that make sense? I'll oh, we'll go with that. Okay. Uh, how many of you, that, that conversation right there just cleared some things up big time? Okay. So we always know that when the, the God's word enters, it brings light. So things, when, you, when it's the truth, it's easy. So how many of you felt like things just got easier for you? Because they're clear. Okay. Kiss method. Keep it simple, sweetie. So the things of the word are deep truths. But uh, when we come into the knowledge of them and apply them, they're very simple. They're so simple. We're like, how did I not see that all along? takes a theologian, of which I'm not, to complicate things. Yeah. Okay, so Psalm 119:105, 105. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Turn there. Let's put our eyes on it. Actually, let's go to Psalm 119, uh, 130 first. The other, where were we at Word and Spirit, and who was preaching something? I think it was Pastor, and he was in Psalm 119, and I saw for the first time ever, and we've all read that psalm our whole lives, um, the, word, the phrase, thy testimonies, must have been in there 50 times. So I was so distracted from whatever was going on that I highlighted every single phrase. I was like, my God, this needs to be studied out. So, how can you ever be bored by the word? Psalm so 119, 130. The entrance of thy words gives light, it gives understanding to the simple. So, here's the translation of that The entrance or the opening of thy words or thy answers give light. That means set on fire. It gives understanding. It separates and distinguishes unto the simple, easily enticed, deceived, or seducible. Thy opening of thy word gives me answers. It sets me on fire and teaches me to distinguish truth from my enemy's lies and keeps me from easily being deceived or seduced by him. The number one question Dr. Jack gets all over the world, uh, lots of questions, but I'd say the top one is always, uh, other than how do you fall in the anointing, but um, how do you stay on fire, or keep that fire going? We just answered it. They, it does not come through hand, the hands being laid on you in a Holy Ghost meeting. That is inspiration through impartation, but that's not going to motivate you. How many of you, how many of you have ever felt like, You lost that love and feeling, Monday about 8 a.m., yeah, because that is not the way that love and feeling comes and stays. When you get hands laid on you, it goes in you, and that's an impartation for your inspiration. But you were to fan that flame all by yourself to move into transformation, and that only comes from the word. So you do not need a Holy Ghost meeting to set you on fire so people can come watch you burn. The word will set you on fire. Because when I was highlighting Psalm 119, I have no idea what the rest of the message was. I was on fire. And if I could have got up and gone back to my office and gotten the Greek and Hebrew, I would have right then because I was so fired up about that. Like, Jesus, I have never seen that. And you said it like 50 times. I want to know what your testimonies are because David said his testimonies are my testimonies. Well, what is that that he had that I don't? That f- fires me up. You all think I'm just so stoic. You have no idea. This is a slow, constant burn here. Aster's gasoline, this is the slow, constant burn. Yeah, the package just looks different. <laughs> but believe me, where there's smoke, there's fire. Okay, so Psalm one nineteen thirty. Turn to verse one oh five. Just bump back twenty five verses. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. And actually, it's it's more like the it's the word fire. It's going to set on fire. So remember we talked about thy word is a light. It's a fire that is going to burn away the, the trash in front of me. Or if we think there's a big jungle or a brush. So when we hear that, that question, how are you? I'll take your word and I'll say your word. Even if I don't feel it, even if I don't see it, even if I'm struggling to believe it. I just believe that your truth, that's got to be enough. Brother Hagin preached prosperity when he didn't have any. The tires were bald and singing, You pull, you pull, you pull, you pull. <laughs> Do we believe God's word whether we've experienced it? Your experiences personally are not the validation of God's word. God is validated whether you bust heaven or hell wide open and die believing the promises like the men of old. At least you died in faith. There's a wrong and a right way to die, apparently. <laughs> they <laughs> like, Lord Jesus, so if we're going to die, let's die right. Amen. His word is a lamp. So this is the translation of that. Thy word that I speak on a matter is a lamp. It's bright, clear happiness, a light of prosperity, a light of instruction to my feet, my step, my journey, a light unto my path, a beaten, tramped track, a walk with a heavy, firm, resounding step. A beaten path. It indicates actually in the Greek that it's someone that's taken the word of God and taken a machete and not concerned that there's a jungle in front of them that nobody's been there before. I'm going to tramp down the bamboo and I'm going to cut my way with this word of God and this mighty fire. And I'm going to burn me a path to my destiny. Not waiting for anybody to make my destiny for me. I'm going to chop it and torch it. People are like, well, I need a mentor. Be one. Amen. Amen. So that everybody behind you, come on people, you got your running shoes on or get a banana peel and slide on down. <laughs> Whatever is faster. <laughs> so the word "r" means an action, of movement and motion to occupy a place or position to continue or remain as before. The next time you get asked how are you or the next time you decide to ask that question, be ready. So when someone has asked how are you, you have a chance, a kiros moment in time to literally alter your circumstance with the fire of God's word. So maybe if you were struggling before with the circle that was around your stance, thank you for asking me that (laughs) because I'm going to make the most of it. Yeah, I'm going to tell it like it is according to the word Amen. it was like well, I'm going to tell it like it is no you ain't you lying because if you didn't tell it like the word says and you didn't tell it like it is you told it like you saw it and felt it but that's not how it is Amen. That's right. here's the transliteration and then y'all are going to do a little fun exercise here Thy word spoken by me, God, on a matter is light to each step of my journey, a bright, clear illumination providing happiness. Just in case you wondered if happiness was possible, here's where it comes from. In your instructions to me and for my prosperity along the beaten and tramped path I create by walking with a firm belief and resounding confidence in your word, making heavy steps Of progress as I march toward the prize by faith in your spoken word in my mouth. That's what we're to do with that. So next time somebody says, how are you? I got my marching shoes on. I got my boots. These boots are made for tramping, right? (laughs) We're done walking. We're tramping. We're pounding. And Satan and all of hell and all of heaven are hearing me coming. And if they don't hear me, they can see the blaze. Because it is the last flight out of Vietnam for them. (laughs) So what would that look like? All right. So I need six volunteers. Run up here. Take that. You need to be able to walk and talk. I forgot to tell you the qualification. That can be challenging. Okay, go sit back in your seat. Take this, sir. Thank you for volunteering. You're so brave. He doesn't know me, does he? they are like, Jesus, I don't know what's going to happen to me. This crazy woman. All right. So go sit down. And what I want you to do, can you, can you turn the lights down, love, to just like the little dimmer, make it dark in here, except for our little, we want to see just a little bit. Yeah, that's good. So what I want you to do is I want you to do exactly what the scripture says. So well, Melanie will let you go first. So you're gonna get up and you're gonna walk in the manner that I just described by shining that light and saying that out loud. Now demonstrate. This is the record that God has given to me eternal life. And this is the record that God This is the record that God hath given to me, eternal life, and this life is in his Son. I have the Son and I have life. Blessed be the God and Father of my Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed me with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, whose his own self bore my sins in his own body on the tree, that I, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes I am healed. Where's your flashlight? Stomp it out, brother. I overcome my enemy by blood of the Lamb and by the word of my testimony and I love not my life even unto death. I look not at the things which I see but at the things which are not seen for the things which I see are temporary but the things I do not see are eternal. I... Oh, I cast down vain imaginations and everything that exalteth itself against the word of God, bringing into captivity every thought and purpose of the obedience of God's word. Awesome. He has given unto me power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and shall it by any means hurt me. In all these things, I am more than a conqueror through him that love me, he shall give into me keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever on I blind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever I loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Amen. Who else has got one? Christy. I, the redeemed of the Lord, say so. I have been redeemed from the hand of my enemy. I have been delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of Jesus, in whom I have been redeemed through his blood. I am in Christ, a new creature. Old things are passed away, and all things become new. I have given great and precious promises that I, by these I might partake of his divine nature. Yes. Who else is going? Lexi. Lexi. Girl, you better walk black. (laughs) (laughs) By the mercy of God, I present my body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is my reasonable service. I will no longer be conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of my mind, that I may be proved what is acceptable and perfect will of God. I am a laborer together with God. I am God's garden, and for him to cultivate, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. He gives his angels charge over me to keep me in all my ways. My God supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I cast all of my cares upon him for he cares for me. I'm strong in him and in the power of his might, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. As a child of God I am, and a joint heir with Christ, if I suffer with him, I will also be glorified with him. So if you are in the pit of darkness, is the word of God enough of a light to shine your way that you can actually, with speed, walk that thing out, baby? So when I say your shoes are made for not walking, they're made for tramping, that's sufficient. So when we're surrounded by darkness, because sometimes you're going to feel like you are. Does that mean you are? You can turn it up, baby. Does that mean you are? No, but it will feel like that. So how are we to respond? That's what we're supposed to do every time. This is what the word says. So if I can see nothing but the word, is that sufficient? In fact, that's all you better look at because anything else you're looking at is not going to cause sure footing. The only thing, and that's sufficient. It's a light, it's a lamp. And it doesn't mean that I have to grope and stumble. Well, I'm just not sure if I can read and walk and talk at the same time. Notice how fast they went. They could have gone faster if they had the mic on themselves. So can you accelerate your path forward? Are you unstoppable? Can Satan stop you? Only if you use that method though. Amen. Amen. Can we have all the lights, baby? Are they all on? It seems darker. Is it just me? is Jesus coming? Yeah. <laughs> Mike, like, okay, yeah. No, it's your glasses, yeah. So um, I thought we would read something out loud. Did Chrissy bring me, where's my little I am scriptures? Are they in here, love, from this morning? Okay. We have enough for people to uh, share or How many of you are in possession of the I am scriptures? Okay, if you don't have them, raise your hand. I want you to take these home. I always do my best to help you prime your prompt. (laughs) And so uh, if you don't have a bunch of stuff written out that you're saying, you can start right here. Uh, It's a plethora of things. But um, don't stick it on your refrigerator unless you plan on standing in front of it to read it. Now, because I stand there with the door open, which you're not supposed to do and eat, or, and while I'm eating, I'm looking for what I want to eat. Uh, my, my scriptures shouldn't be posted on the outside. They need to be posted on the inside. <laughs> in other words, um, if, if you're going to stand in the mirror, that's fine. Put them on the mirror, but put them in your Bible. Put them in your car. Put them where you're actually going to get this out and use these um, until you learn to be comfortable with using your outdoor voice and confessions, uh, and then, then the Holy Ghost is going to lead you to write your own. Or if you have something that you're standing on, uh, like uh, I decided that um, I wasn't—I'm not so thrilled with the inconvenience of, of glasses. And I thought I've been tolerant. Uh, of something that I thought was insignificant, what's now becoming not so insignificant. And so uh, I've just decided, you know what, I just haven't had my faith on, on that, and I'm going to put my faith on it. So don't be looking at me, judging me if I have glasses on, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm going to work my faith in that, in that area because I just decided that um, it's inconvenient. Yeah. And and any little thing like that, that I find inconvenient, that hinders my race, I'm going to deal with it. And so uh, maybe God would have addressed it with me earlier. He's going to counsel you after your own faith and what matters. Maybe 10 years ago, I started wearing reading glasses. But now that the eye doctor has said, hey, you should do a little bit more. I'm like, "Hmm, I don't think I like that. Yeah, (laughs) But uh, it's been 10 years that I let that go. So uh, in those areas of your life, you're gonna to have to have time for the word to work that in you. And so be patient. Uh, the working of the word will displace those things in your life, but, but not without your uh, diligent consistency. Remember we read that in Peter, uh, spiritual arithmetic. So uh, you're gonna to have to add. And things over time, as you're practicing this in the word, things uh, gain momentum. It's called the big mo. And once you have momentum, it starts gaining ground. But when you're first starting to do these things and walk out the word with authority, all hell breaks loose against you. Absolutely it does. Because Satan always wants to take anything from you in its infancy stage so that you'll quit. So stop being overly awed. When, when you, anybody ever started a new diet and thought it was hard? Yeah. 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 Anybody go to the gym and and, and it was hard? Okay, when you start anything, you start school or start class, was it like the hardest up front? Yes. Yeah. And, and a lot of it you had to get over psychologically. You just had to force your mind and your body to get into a new routine with it. Uh, you have to, your body didn't get that way over 10 days. You know, my, the, the thing here, 10 years of just kind of ignoring it or poo-pooing it, or we're flipping, around. we tolerate things in our body that we think, oh, that's age-related or, you know, time or no big big deal. But I was just noticing Brother Copeland. I'm not compare, comparing him, but I think he's 80-something, and he don't, he don't wear glasses. So it's like, hmm. I think the Bible said Moses' uh, eyes were not dim and his strength was not abated. That was my first verse. I'm like, Moses did not have my promises and my covenant. What am I doing? <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> it kind of comes to you like, oh, you tolerate that stuff. But don't we all just kind of get uh, casual in some areas? And I, and I don't mean uh, willfully or rebelliously or maliciously. Just maybe we were, con- I was concentrating on crusades for the last 10 years. I guess I could say that. But uh, when the Holy Ghost is addressing an area in your life, uh, he's brought the grace for the faith for that moment. So again, that's a keros moment in time. Uh, Don't measure yourself. I'm not saying that I was comparing myself to to Brother Copeland because I've been looking at his face for a lifetime and didn't notice that. But all of a sudden, I'm just like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That was just kind of inspiring me. Wait, that's not part of the natural aging progression. That's for lost people. Uh, not, not save people, not covenant people. And I understand my covenant. So wait a minute, there's parts all of us are missing out, but the, the Holy Ghost will counsel you at, at the time in your life, what area he wants to bring the grace for faith to. We can't just go, okay, we just have faith for 25 things. You're mismeasuring. And uh, one thing that Satan wants to do is drive you beyond your measure so that he can accuse you and you can accuse yourself of being a faith failure. So you can't just be flippant and go, well, I believe for this, for this, for this, for this, for this. Well, there's only 24 hours in a day and there's only, only so many dollars in your billfold. There's only so many faith dollars. Can we get more faith dollars? Yes. But you need to know right now if we don't have them. Okay, so measure. I don't really have all those faith dollars. I'm gonna begin, and faith comes by hearing. So generally what the Holy Ghost will lead you to do in a devotional or personal study is you'll meditate on those particular things that, that he wants you to build on, and then he'll lead you into that. And go, hey, it's time to address this area in your life, or hey, would you like to address this area? he let me wear glasses till he comes, if I want to. Uh, and, and it didn't really, I think it wasn't an irritant to me before. So how many of you have things in your life that maybe you've noticed are starting to irritate you or you're like, I've been putting up with that. What is my problem? Um, or, or you're going to come across that stuff. Well, that's kind of the grace bubbling up for you to be like, let me tell you when due season is too. It's one way is when you don't give a rip anymore, but another time is when you have had it. That's right. You've been like, I have had it. That is it. And you know when you mean that and when you're just saying that. <laughs> when you mean it is when you do something Uh, you say it sometimes before you mean it and then you don't do anything about it you just uh, you're venting right All right. so were were you blessed and helped by that tonight so uh, next time somebody asks how are you is it going to be a little different for you yeah I hope so and it's okay if you pause I think people are okay with people thinking before they speak yeah And, um, so, uh, is there anybody that came tonight that was hoping that we would uh, lay hands for healing or you were looking to pick up a prayer cloth? Raise your hand if you were looking for a prayer cloth or healing. Nobody. Everybody's healed, whole, prosperous, rich, good looking, and skinny. Okay. You need a prayer cloth. One, one brother. Okay. She would like a prayer cloth because she mentioned to me her her dog. So that's one thing uh, the Holy Ghost wants us to attend to. Uh, So we're going to just go ahead as a church body. Y'all come up and we're going to do this. Pray for these. And then obviously we'll have some prayed for if anybody calls during the week. We've had so many testimonies with this continuously. God is so good. He's just such a merciful, faithful healer, isn't he? His mercies never cease. And we don't have to wait for a prayer cloth to be healed. We understand that. But it is a point of contact for our faith and uh, for mostly for the faith of those that we're giving them to and praying for, as many of you have kind of testified. I'm sorry, I'm not real good at this. Let me just get gooder for a second. Pastor Dennis, I think it's the pulpit. Yeah, so he He was like, Yeah, makes sense. This stuff smells good. Okay, I know, that's wonderful. Essential oils, it's a beautiful thing. Okay, so we're gonna uh, pray for these, and so y'all can take one. So y'all know what we do, we all lay hands. That's what pastors pastor's been doing, for those of you that have missed that. And we pray the prayer of agreement. And all we do is we release the power of God into these cloths. Remember that uh, handkerchiefs were taken from the body of Paul. And, um, and so there's things that can conduct the anointing that we know by Scripture. And we release by faith the anointing into that. So whoever's body it touches, you can share that with them and they can receive the healing. It even works on people's animals. All right. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just release our faith and we release your healing anointing and power into these cloths that as they were taken from Paul's body and laid upon the sick, that they were healed. And Father, whose every body it touches, whether it's a man, woman, child, or a beloved pet, Father, healing power goes into them the moment it comes in contact with this, affecting a healing and a cure, driving out every malady, malformation, and abnormality. Father, in your name, will be lifted high and be glorified. The test testimony of your healing is the dinner bell for their salvation and their restoration. Thank you, Father, that they don't have to earn healing, that you are a merciful and gracious healer, ever ready to stretch forth your hand and impart your healing power into bodies, into broken hearts, and even broken minds. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Okay, who needed one? Dominican faith in that one. You. come somebody else I mean, I though really and even if it's you and stick it in your own pillow or stick it in your wherever you need one Thank you. okay your Bobby Thank you one love okay hey if you're believing for a family member you're believing for finances tuck it in your checkbook you know uh Wherever, where, wherever the need is, God is not limited. Uh, you know, he's the healer spirit, soul, and body, right? So if it's your finances are broken, you know, your relationships are broken, your body's broken, your heart's broken, your mind's broken, wherever the need is, uh, we take that anointing and we'll, we apply it. So um, if you, if your car needs repair, stick it on the car engine. I don't know. I might catch on fire yeah. on that. Uh, does anybody need prayer? uh, for anything as far as the prayer of agreement. So we talked about the prayer of agreement tonight, uh, and you don't have to tell us what it is, but if you need the prayer of agreement for, I mean, you can tell me, obviously I'm going to need to know. Uh, but I mean, you don't have to announce it. Is there anybody that needs agreement for something based on the way I taught the prayer of agreement that you need, uh, somebody in the body, pastor or I to, to go and come into agreement with the situation in your life? Thank you for joining us this week. It's our honor to serve you and be part of your walk with Christ. Don't forget to check out our website at lifefamilychurch.net. Have a blessed week and remember, the best is yet to come.